No, I've got to mark that and erase it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. I was like, where are we? How do you transition from that? <laughs> just, make that say, cold, just make that the cold open yeah. and just. <laughs> just say, oh, old bangers are, what is it, you know? All bangers matter. Oh, bangers matter. Thank you. Yeah, you go. Bangers, welcome. Let's just just have Mark do it. Hello and welcome to the Fifty Five One Podcast. I am Mark Fangmeyer. I am joined by my comrades in soccer. Rodrigo, Wes, and Corey. How are you fellas doing tonight? We have last names. You guys, I don't have time for this. We have <laughs> he two just, matches He knows he can't pronounce anyone's name. That's right. That's what I'm saying. That's, <laughs> I, have nine consonants. I have nine we got consonants two before We damn matches to cover, guys. Come on. Let's yeah, keep this thing yeah. rolling. That's right. I am like let's keep it going. Europa Conference League. We got two striker. matches to cover and probably another two matches before we record again. Let's, let's keep it going. <laughs> um. Well, all right. Well, thanks uh, for that introduction, Mark. Since I failed, failed the first two, uh, it's good to. It's nice to know that this podcast has depth, right? And we gotta we gotta actually use that depth sometimes. And, I'm like uh, the Coleman of the center backs, guys. <laughs> we have That's often referred to you as the Brent Coleman of uh, of this podcast. So, um, you know, all all uh, all hosts matter. So um, let's uh, let's talk about. Um, soccer this week with uh with some good the bad and the weird the good we'll start off with this this is definitely a good la galaxy chasing a playoff spot they are uh playing against a really bad uh, sporting kansas city team and they go down it's uh and then in the dying minutes of the game Chicharito gets his second goal, ties it up. It's 2-2. Now we're in a long stoppage time. I think eight minutes of stoppage time or something like that. And penalty kick. Chicharito gets up to the spot. This is at home. He's going to score and get them closer to the playoffs. Win improbably with a great comeback. And, uh, and the dude takes a Panera Bread right down the middle. And it goes right to I don't. It's not Tim Mealy who's uh, sort of the P, the the Sporting Kansas City keeper these days, and uh, he doesn't move. He just he just grabs it, and it was um, it was just amazing. It was beautiful. Chicharito, in his defense, was very um, you know, hey, I I did something. I tried it, and it didn't work. And apologetic, but it was beautiful to watch. Especially the the Spanish the Teudien uh, was I don't know if Teudien but the Spanish commentators just laughing at him. The only word I understood was "baño." <laughs> that's that's uh, that's my Spanish there what, for you. What speaking of Panera? What do you think Chicharito orders from Panera? Oh, I bet you he does the um, bread bowl with uh, um, the broccoli cheese soup. The bur- mm. yeah. Yeah, that's that's actually was going to be the joke I was going to make. But yeah. does Panera um, have like a tortilla soup? He would be the Panera version of a tortilla soup. Yes, there you go. <laughs> really, really yeah. spicy. Does I mean like a, a, little, a couple, a, like a couple a, things of pepper? A white chili <laughs> with chicken. 
in other in other goods, we have uh, Champions League. It's not just back. This is this is a brand new season. Um, we've got some great matchups. Uh, Spurs have that great group, uh, which is not quite easy, but it, it certainly is not quite scary. Um, but the big matchups that we have this week, Tuesday, PSG versus Juventus and Celtic hosting Real Madrid, which should be a blast. Um, I, it's a weird game that, you know, Sheriff Tiraspol beat Real Madrid last year. This uh, this, this could be like a pretty great upset because Celtic are riding high right now. Um, we're going to be opening at Blackheart at 2 p.m. So, you know, come bring your laptop, uh, work remotely. Um, Wednesday is Inter versus Bayern and Napoli versus Liverpool. And I- I'm particularly interested in the Napoli versus Liverpool because it's been a great game in the past. But also, I I don't follow Napoli or uh, Syria much at all, but I was listening to the Football Weekly podcast, or no, Total Football Show, whatever James Richardson does now is. Total Football Show. Yeah. And they talked about a player who I had not heard yet of. They called him Cheridana, I think, because they can't pronounce he's from Georgia. I think it would be Vicha. I can't. I don't. I have no idea. I have a yeah. friend who, who studies Georgian politics. I'll ask him. Uh, so about so should Mark this, start but. doing that when he can't pronounce people's names? He just starts giving them nicknames. No, other people have given this nickname, but yes, he should. That's what I do. Yeah, yeah. It's always yeah, yeah. Um. So anyway, Cheridona, I think is is what they're calling him, <laughs> and he scored four goals and one assist in five matches for Napoli, and so that will be fun to watch. The other good. Who watched the U.S. women against Nigeria on I'm raising my hand, podcast Saturday. listeners. All right. Uh, I did. Um, it was fun. I mean, it was. I'm really interested to see how the lineups are starting to shake out because um, this is like their last real big tune-up um, before, you know, the World Cup. Um, They've got a Tuesday match again, 5 p.m. against yep. Nigeria again. Yep. They've got, you know, we're... They've qualified. They're going into a couple other matches. I know that they're going to be playing England later this fall. But um, I mean, look, they're playing Nigeria. It's didn't really expect them to to have it be super competitive. But Sophia Smith got a really nice brace. Lindsay Horan um, is finally getting on the score sheet again. She's- Alex Morgan had a nice PK. But Sophia Smith and Mallory Pugh have really like. I was actually really worried about Mallory Pugh for a while because she was Why? kind of dropped off. She kind of dropped off. Like this the, is, this she is wasn't getting, yeah, she you, wasn't you, getting. She, imagine she wasn't getting. Yeah, go ahead. You imagine you have Sophia Smith and Mallory Pugh as your starting, and then you have Mitch Purse and Alex Sanchez as your backup. I mean, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Well, well, now it's like now that the two of them. And this is my point. Like the two of them, Sophia Smith and and uh, Mallory Pugh, are just absolutely rock solid on the wing, and it's looking really exciting and. When Katarina Macario comes back from injury and at striker, like, come on, it's going to be absolute, absolute chaos. And uh, Sofia Huerta looked really good at right yeah. back. Um, she's super exciting. Like, I was, you know, earlier in this cycle, I was like, kind of, you know, not sure what was going to be happening. We talked about it a little bit, you know, uh, in qualifying, but man, they just look fun and they're scoring goals for fun and they're fast and the chemistry is building up. So I'm really looking yeah. forward Can't to wait it. For I next mean, summer. 
Yeah. yeah. Lindsay Oran's playing lights out soccer right now. Yeah. Her move 100%. To, her, her move to Lyon has been the best thing she's done. She looks yeah. so great. Yeah. I mean, if you watch the the international, was it uh, Champions yep. Cup? ICC. League, yeah, the ICC. The, she was MVP of that whole thing. Yep. Scored bangers, bangers after bangers. It's great. Super fun. Uh, one last good is that I saw that. Spain and Portugal are going to team up for an Iberian World Cup bid in 2030, and I'm extremely excited for that. That would be a oh blast God. of a World Cup. I will go. So. I will go there for a month. There was a rumor, I think, and that um, Morocco was going to try to join to make it kind of a, a cross continent thing, which would also be pretty cool. Um, Morocco is on my list of places I would love to go to. Um, so. We- I we would love, that. We, we we have been planning a Spain trip for a long time. The one that we had planned for 2021 got canceled. Yes, but we get it, Corey. You don't Do have kids we, and you have we, grown up jobs. Uh-huh. No, it's amazing. Um, I'm, my big question is, if this happens, do we knock an inch off of our inseams for our shorts? Um, every year for- from now in 2030, we knock half an inch off. No, no. If you're gonna oh, be, yeah. if by you, the time we're in uh, in in uh, in Lisbon, we'll be hanging dongs. Banana hammocks, baby. Let's go. You guys, by the time you go that far out, you're gonna be back back to like Jinko style, like super baggy, like down to your sh- past your shins. Shorts. Oh, like, I'm glad I saved my cross colors. You're gonna come back in fashion. Uh, let's go to a bad. This is uh, Christian Ramirez is on the outs at Aberdeen. Former manager Stephen Glass got uh, the sack last season. And new manager James Goodwin. Stephen Glass is also the name of that famous um, guy who plagiarized for like the New York Times, right? Or New York New Yorker? It's all the same, really. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's it, it really doesn't matter. Nobody reads either one. Thank you. Yep. So, um, new manager, James Goodwin, apparently doesn't rate Ramirez so much so that after the season started, um, the team brought in a new striker named uh, Bojan Miofsky, which is not surprising. But they took Ramirez's number after the season had started and gave it to Bojan, which I've never heard of this happening. And I reached out to Callum Carson, is a guy on Twitter, a Scottish guy who years and years ago came to a, a... a loons game up at uh, Nessie. And ever since we've all kind of, a few of us have like kept in contact. So I, I reached out to him and I was like, what's going on with Ramirez? And he told me about, show, showed me some of these stories that, yeah. So basically they took his number out uh, away from him. Hearts came in and were like, okay, you're not going to play this guy. We want him. And Aberdeen were like, sorry, you're our, you're like, we're going to be fighting against you for um, you're basically on our same level. You're, we're going to be ri- rivals this year, and uh, we don't want to sell him to you. And now he hasn't been in the 18, even though he like scored three goals in the League Cup that they kick off the season with, and uh, he hasn't been in the 18 yet for this for any of the season games. It's uh really stinks for him. Uh, hopefully, he can get rescued. I think he only has one year on his contract left, and so maybe in the off season, Heath can come in and rescue him. I can't imagine Aberdeen would ask that much for him if he's just sitting on their wage bill. The other bad is Houston Dynamo fired Paulo Nogamura and staff, um, even though, you know, he he basically has, hasn't had a full year. Houston have been historically crap. It's kind of a a little bit of a surprise there, I think. 
it's like, isn't the front office responsible for all of that though? You know, like I don't, with Houston specifically, I mean, even San Jose, some of these teams that are scraping the bottom of the table, like at what point is there just a complete front office overhaul? Like you just can't, you're not going to get I mean, they've already had it. So, yeah. yeah. So, but you're, you're right. I mean, this is the person who's the GM comes in and they're like, okay, I'm in charge here. I'm going to hire this coach. He's going to do it. It didn't work out. Like, okay, well then you made a bad decision there. So, or, or it's like, or it's like, give him three years to figure it out and actually develop his system. You have a three-year plan for Christ's sakes. And here's the super sad part too, is that if they just would invest a tiny amount into their academy, they could be Dallas and so much more based on like all of the talent coming out of the Houston area. And they just don't do any of it. And it's just, they're just squandering. Like they're like squandering money by not putting anything into it. Um, one last bad here is th- there continue to be stories. The athletic is, is particularly on this beat. Um, stories coming out about uh, the fallout of, of Paul Riley and the abuse he um, did to several uh, women players at the Thorns, etc. More came out that basically uh, Merritt Paulson and uh, Steve Malik, who's at um, North Carolina FC, they also knew they talked about how if he goes up for this for the u.s women's job then it, all this abuse will come out and they kind of talked to him about pulling out of it or they they got him to pull out or am i am i summarizing that correctly yeah pretty much just that they did their own investigation after the allegations happened under um his tenure and then so this is back in like 2019, but the investigations go back to earlier than 2015. So pretty much Mayor Paulson and all of them knew that he was fired for, you know, with merit, right? Because he broke, broke, broke a bunch of rules and apparently, you know, didn't think it was cool to report it to everyone else in the league or in U.S. soccer. Well, the league did know about it, but, but right. it, it just it broke down that, you know, they kind of quietly fired him for it and then didn't pass it on to anyone so that he could continue yeah. to, to do the same behavior or not be held accountable for it, really. So, yeah, yeah it stinks. He's a... Yeah, the, the whole the whole Merritt Paulson and everyone in that organization at the very top just needs to go, just needs to reset. So, Did you guys hear about the Drew Yearwood thing? No, but it's not in the notes, so we'll give you this one. What happened with Drew Yearwood? So Drew Yearwood in a game against Philly in about the 92nd minute, an extra time, um, kicked the ball into the stands and hit a couple fans. And then he then he got a yellow. He went up to the stands to try to try to um, he was remorseful. He tried to apologize and just literally told him to go away. And I think the Philly fans were chanting at him, you know. The a hole chant for for kicking the ball literally point blank at, at first couple rows of, of fans. So there you go. At what point is a Red Bulls player kicking the ball into the stands and hitting a fan in the face? Just the Red Bulls being the Red Bulls. Like, isn't that just what they do? I don't know. Philly fans getting hit in the face. I feel like is is like I don't know. I mean, that's I kind of that's, that's, that's like what didn't like. I think the last time happened didn't like a Red Bull player kick 
a Red Bull fan at Red Bull Arena in the face. Like, so it was slightly different. Yeah, I think it was Kaku. Yeah, but Leon from Fishtown has taken taken a lot of balls to the face <laughs> over the years. So, um, I mean, Zeller takes balls to the face at least once every two years. Yeah, but that's a that's that's a kink. We it's can't. A, it's a personal like preference. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's finish on this weird. Paul Pogba denied uh, witchcraft and spell rumors, saying that he did not engage a witchcraft or a. a, a Witch doctor. He did not put a spell on them. Wait, what is the what is the witch doctor song? You should have that play. I called the witch doctor. He told me what to do. He said, But that's not what Pogba did. If we were playing France, we would do that. Sorry, I was going to reset this this whole thing and restart it without stumbling on it, but then you guys sang that song and now I've got to keep it. Um all right, Paul Pogba did not engage a witch doctor to curse Kylian Mbappe. He said that he actually engaged the witch doctor to, let me find it. Um, it Paul Pogba's version is, is that it's true that he paid money to a witch doctor, but he did it to help a humanitarian association and not bewitch Mbappe, according to France <laughs> Info. Wait, wait, what humanitarian organization needs help from the witch doctor? Like, the vagueness just leads to more questions. Yeah, yeah. there are a lot of follow-ups that I'm going to ask well, in the press conference. So, so Pogba calls a witch doctor in order to benefit a non But tell him what to do about the organization, yeah. not the player. Precisely. And yeah. so everything makes sense now, and uh, that's that's perfect. So let's take a break. We'll come back and talk Minnesota United. on the 55-1 podcast. Let's start with some Minnesota United news. Emmanuel Reynoso uh, went out during the last game against Dallas um, after getting his ankle stomped on, uh, you know, shot at. A car ran into it at one point. It was, uh, it was, it was a bad time for his ankle. What's the, uh, what's the update on this? Do we know if he's going to play this um, Saturday against the team that we play? Portland? Not not totally sure. Um, he Adrian Heath was interviewed by Pie Press Andy Greeter and basically said uh, he's got a sold an ankle. He got to run over again. Blah 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 blah. Uh, he's been dealing with this for a couple of weeks. The only thing we don't like is Ray playing on a Saturday, not doing an awful lot at training, and then being available the following week. So um, he's better when he's training hard and working with the group. We'll see how he is tomorrow. But it's a little swollen again today. That was a few days ago as of this taping. Um, so we'll see exactly where he's at. I don't. I don't imagine we'll have any ind- real indication until, you know, probably midweek, Wednesday or Thursday. But you know, if you, it's you I don't play him against Portland, the and then you keep him at home, and he plays against LAFC, right? You would. I mean, you would imagine, but Portland is Portland is sitting what seventh right now? Yeah, they're only two points like, below us, and we're only two points behind. Like you know, LAFC is leagues above you at this point. So it's like, do you get your best player in, especially with Fragapane being suspended, which we'll talk about in a second, but it's true. yeah, I don't know. I think, I think you send him to Portland if he can do it and you try to get a, you know, try to take some points home. I don't, and, I don't, I don't know. I just think Portland's going to headhunt because they have one less Argentinian to go and headhunt. <laughs> 
So if you put him out there, they're they're just gonna chop him yeah. up to pieces. I mean, they, they'll do exactly what Dallas for, Dallas did for for him, and I think that's the that's the thing. I think can you can you get a point on the road with the current roster you have, and I think it's doable. Yeah, uh, but so I don't. Portland think you, haven't been Portland haven't been great this year, and there's they have a little bit of a resurgence right now, which is is great. But yeah. We are going to be missing Fragapane, who he's going to be. He's got a double, double like suspension here. He um, had a yellow card accumulation suspension, but then he also got a second red in this, and uh, and so he's going to miss the Portland match. You know, he wanted a long. It's it's getting to be beautiful outside in Minnesota. He wanted a nice long weekend in Stillwater. They got like a, a little love nest for the weekend. So good for you, Franco, um, for taking the weekend off. Um, in an interview with Andy Greeter, Mark Watson said, we don't have any salary flexibility to bring in any defensive reinforcements. Um, we had the roster freeze anyway. Uh, so the, the dream of John Anthony Brooks died very quickly when he went to, is it Galata? No, he went to Mallorca. Anyway, he went somewhere. Yeah, he went, um, he went somewhere. They were red. Somewhere in the league, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Let's let's talk about the the matches here. Um, I wanted to completely forget the three nil Real Salt Lake game, and uh, and now here we are having to to relive it. What happened during this game? Because I I'm going to be honest. Uh, I want I like immediately put it into a lockbox of like I don't think anyone's going to remember this game ever. But um, let's see, Benitez didn't mark a man or challenged the ball for goal one. Coleman score own goal, I think, right? And then no. I think the, and then yeah, I think uh, no, all, no, no, it wasn't their own goal. All three of them valid goals. Yeah, it was two, two of the Venezuelans scored, and then someone else who came in. Yeah, that's what it was. I mean, and also like it was very much one of Adrian He's patented like scheduled losses where he rotates more than half of the starting rotation puts them in a new formation that they look extremely uncomfortable in. And then they just look complete crap from the get go. And that's how the whole game goes. Like yeah, it, was, it, 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 it was basically like, again, like with all of like the positive things, like we've said about Adrian Heath recently, but like how the, like the last couple months we've been the best team in MLS and how he's been much better about, you know, making substitutions at, you know, earlier on um, really doing a good job of like whatever his players are doing all like, like things really well. He's still complete crap when it comes to rotating his players outside of necessity from injury. Like, actually having to figure out how to rotate his players, he's never been able to do it. And he's, again, like, he puts six new guys in out of, like, the 10 field players in the starting 11, and they just looked like they'd never met each other. It was terrible. This was... um referred to i believe by one of you in, in our notes as as the scheduled loss that we do every year we already did this earlier in the year i'm pretty sure um but usually it's like away at kansas city right where we have uh two yellow card accumulations we're missing guys so we just throw in like whatever we'll throw in all these young guys and and let them uh figure out yeah it how was the colorado match a couple of weeks ago where we did this earlier yeah, yeah. and so I- so for for this match it was like you've got um mender garcia starting you had uh abu Dinladi starting yep um jonathan gonzalez was starting right 
it was it was just like a very weird lineup. It was it was never going to succeed. And um, this was this was Will Trapp's first start since coming back, right from injury, because he yeah. he came in as a sub in the last couple of matches, right. I believe. Yeah. So, so it's like just literally just walked right in, and then and then this is the one where uh, Dane went down with a with a sprained finger. Right, and then Miller and, came in, and Tyler Miller had to. And come Miller in was half. like, "Please, not this game." Don't put me in in yeah. this game. Yeah. Like, it was just, it was a comedy of errors, and it was like, a draw would have been a success, but like, woof. So I want to talk about the the next game more, because I thought this was a throwaway game. Okay, uh, I can be fine with a 3-0 loss here, it, whatever. Right. It, because a lot I mean, of people were panicking, panicking about our defense on that one, and I didn't think it was, it didn't really tell me anything about the game. Um, we talked last week about, or two weeks ago, when Debassi went down, are we fucked, right, without Debassi? And I didn't think that Wednesday answered that question. Um, Saturday, however, is a different game. And I think it was a really bizarre game because I thought there were a couple players out there who looked just lights out for us. I thought that we had a, a really good game. I thought Robin Ludd was just um, revelatory. Uh, in his role in midfield, he was all over. He gets to the ball, pressures it, um, takes it off, and then he he was just like doing FIFA move spins with the ball. It was really great to watch him play, and and yet we just turned up like we. Had, I I don't know about this game. We can talk about the goals we gave up within how many seconds, but was it? an illusion or did we just have a moment of madness, you know, five minutes of just like rabbit. Well, that's how, that's how Heath described it. He said that five minutes of madness is just what could have a big impact on where we land at the end of the season. You know, I mean, it was three minutes and 40 some seconds of real time, <laughs> just chaos and goal scoring. I think, I think it was a, like a minute, nine seconds, minute and 10 seconds of actual game time between goals. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, because I thought we looked, I thought we were the better team for the first half. I thought we looked controlled. I thought we were bossing the midfield for the most part. I have concerns about Will Trapp, but I actually thought our midfield looked pretty good. Like we had pretty good control on the midfield. The issue was that we fell back in like all last season. We had we a good portion of the early part of this season. We had this rut. Where we would not, we were never, we weren't facing opportunities, and we fell right back into that rut again. Like we had so many opportunities, but I think we had like what, like two of sixteen shots were actually on target. And when you have that, like you're just not going to accomplish anything. Like we just, we weren't completing our opportunities, and that was like, that's what sunk us the end of last season and the early part of the um, this season when we were doing poorly. And it feels like we're falling back into that a little bit. And to like kind of like bring it all together, like. The Debassi, like going back to like, are we fucked? I'm pretty sure we're fucked because just, if you just go for back, the record, everyone on this podcast except for me said we were not, and I yeah. said I think we're going out in the first round now, of the playoffs now that because we of have this. basically like, I mean, Debassi went down in like the fourth or fifth minute against Houston. Houston was a pretty terrible match where like, except for us like coming like finally like finding something in the last ten minutes to come back, we looked terrible. Uh Obviously, with the you know rotated squad, we were terrible in Salt Lake, and we didn't look terrible. But it's like I don't know, man. We just 
And I think it was Rodrigo who talked about this, and you can talk about it more. It's like just how exposed, like it kind of felt like, remember back when we had Chase Gasper, and as far as our defense goes, we had a very solid defense. Like Matt Nair was good. We had uh, Debassi and Boxel, and teams would just focus on Chase and run at him. That's how our center backs are right now without Debassi there. And we're just looking terrible. And when our uh, fullbacks are pushing up, our center backs are just completely exposed and it's it's rough well there's a few things that you went to there that i i want us to talk about and you talked about the finishing so i want to do that after this let's talk about the defense and the midfield there will trap did just kind of walk back into this team uh even though you know ariaga had a bad couple of games but he and rosales and not so much jonathan gonzalez but you know lud have been really holding up a midfield that looked pretty decent a little bit macgyvered right like some some bubble gum that we'll want to refresh or something like that duct tape but will trap the problem was on these goals, several of them, you couldn't even see Kamar Lawrence or anyone from the left. Fragapane definitely not involved, um, even though the attacks were coming from their right, our left, right? They were right in behind Kamar Lawrence. Kamar Lawrence never on frame when you go back and rewatch these, and Fragapane never tracking back. So then you have <clears throat> Lud and Trap pulled out there. You have definitely Coleman pulled out there, and then you've got spaces in behind there. I don't think Trap is is busy enough to. I think you need um, two freaking wasps like like Lud, um, and maybe it's maybe it's Rosales or someone who are getting to the ball and screaming into those spaces and closing them closing up the the spaces that Lawrence is leaving, especially Benitez. Right, um, we haven't seen him. Well, I guess he did come in as a sub when we were chasing the game. But he was yanked with a, a shepherd's crook uh, in in the RSL game, <clears throat> and rightfully so because we we're just completely exposed. We have two really slow center backs. Um, Boxall looked really bad in this game. He had an own goal, which is not necessarily his fault. But um, the third goal, he completely didn't. Uh, Mark Ferreira. Ferreira just like jumped away from him and, and got away. So I'm bringing up a lot of points there, but I think to me, if we have this slow defense, we cannot use our fullbacks in the same way, or we definitely need midfield that can cover that ground, and it is not trap. We have to figure out the new alchemy that will make um, the Debasi miss work, and, well, and this is not it. Well, well, that's what, like the, that's the the whole thing that I was talking about in our in our patreon slack which was like will trap walked back into this lineup because he's a he's a favorite of adrian heath's he's, I think he's also the team captain but he's yeah. a he's a team captain like i get it but it's like sorry dude robin lud and ariaga slash rosales has been great that our big run of was it uh undefeated except for one match which is not undefeated, just for the record. But well, yeah, sorry, it's our unbeaten best best un- record. Oh, oh, in the league the, the, the though for those thirteen yeah, yeah, games. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, it's it's sorry. a holiday. Um, uh, but the, <laughs> um, but like you found something that worked out. Like Robin, like you said, Robin Lud at that center mid has been revelatory, and you've been pairing him with Rosales or Ariaga. Why would you change that? Even if they they did have one 
or to slightly off matches. Like I, I'd say the trap is a is a worse version, or or Lud is a is a better version of what Will Trap brings to the table, and neither one of them are a destroyer who can sit back and snuff out attacks like somebody like Ariaga could or Lud could if Ariaga's getting forward. That's that's my whole thing is that I, th- I think Trap coming back and walking into the starting lineup is not great. I think there's several things that we need to kind of sort of talk about in regards to um, the identity of using our fullbacks always um, to push forward. Like, like Wes said, I think that has to change. Or in a sense, if one is going up, that shifting in communication in the defense where the center back covers the space of the, of the uh, fullback that's leaving and everyone kind of pinches in to be able to do that needs to be really communicated and not everyone just go forward. A lot of the times in those counters that they were playing when we were pushing the ball, our six was way across midfield. You need to be able to at least slow down the transition and that starts with your six. And I think right now, it, it, it's when Will Trap goes in, I don't think he's functioning as a six. He thinks he's more of an eight, right? And I think that needs to be something that needs to be honed down. Someone needs to say, you are staying. You are not going over the 50-yard. You're, you're not going half, past half unless, you know, it's, it's obvious you need to or you're being told to do so. Because that is one of the things that we we are lacking is just our defensive mindset and defensive shape. It's all just a slinky at this point. Wherever it rotates, every no no one's there, no one's communicating. And Kalman and Boxo have done this before. They've played together before, so they should be able to communicate and and talk to each other and and talk to the defense to let them know where they need it and what needs to be moved. I think it's just. Unfortunately, people are going to attack that. And in this, in this game against Dallas, Dallas did their research. They knew if they took Reynoso away, double teamed him every time he got the ball, he has no one else to release it to unless it's Robin Lud. And then if you sh- shut down the left side where Fragapane is, then you really make yourself one-dimensional. And that's what we became. We became a one-dimensional team. There was no real movement of Reynoso somewhere else or inverting the triangle in the middle so he's somewhere else. He becomes more of a six in a sense, right? But he, he comes back to get the ball to be able to relieve some of that pressure. There wasn't that movement, and it just became really frustrating for a lot of them to be able to move the ball up. I agree that Lude is, to me, and you guys know I don't hide this. He's our MVP. I don't I don't care what people think about Reynoso if he wins whatever award he does. Without the work that Lude is doing, we literally are not in a situation where we are currently are. And I think Dallas played a really good game defensively. No. And I also think too, it's like one thing like with the whole, like how bad Will Trap has looked recently, it also just exemplifies just how underappreciated DeBossi is his ability to like cover space is and how just we're missing that when we have Coleman in there. Just, I mean, he's just, he's not quick like DeBossi and we're just missing that ability. Like, the number of times that Debassi is able to like make a quick run back and just tap the ball away or like get out of a play quickly, we don't have that anymore, and it just it shows. Like, but I thought the, even before with Debassi, I, I there were a few games where I was like, you know what, guys, the, we, this is held together with scotch tape here because uh, Debassi was increasingly like manhandling some players in in a way that it's like he's slowing down a little bit. You know, he's he's not quite up to the same pace. And look. 
all four of us, like everyone, like there's a, everyone you could talk to would tell you how much we needed a new center back, a young center back that um, Boxall has been amazing, but we know what stage he's at in his career and we need to start planning um, for the future. And we didn't do that. And I think that we are now seeing the result of that. Uh, there's a lot of kind of hand wringing and criticism in some of the slacks um, that I'm in of, about us not uh, being too cheap to bring in a backup center back, but I don't know if they, were, they had any real options that they could have done that would actually be better. Cause the problem is not that Brent is a bad center back. The problem is that Brent has his limitations. Boxall has his limitations. Trap has his limitations. You just have, you just have a step down from Debasi and you already had enough chinks in the armor there. And so I, I think that we're just paying, paying for what we all knew. And, and now going into the offseason, hopefully the team feels like they've got the striker they want. They've got a lot of the wish list is lower. And you can go in and say, all right, we need a killer number six and we need a center back, a DP center back, hopefully. You need a, you need a Walker Zimmerman level kind of center back for this. Matt team. Miazga, Tim Parker. There, there are these yeah. guys out there, right? Aaron Long wants to go to Europe, but why don't you tell bring him here and say like, hey, bud, you're going to be hey. our center back for the next six years. We're going to pay you $2 million. I think there are guys out there who you could get. Well, let's close this out by just saying that this weekend and, and then next Tuesday, um, we've got Portland away and then LAFC. I don't think we're going to record a podcast on Monday just because there's just too many things going on and I'm going to going to try to just, you know, not be a deadbeat dad. Um, Dis- disassociate from the results of whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But I I'm excited for it. We're going to have the Portland game on in the back room at, at the bar so that um if the game gets bad, you can go watch drag out front or something like that. Um and then Tuesday, a Tuesday home game LAFC is is a very bizarre thing, but we we tend to play LAFC at home on Sunday nights and Tuesdays and Wednesdays. It's a weird thing. I think I'm not sure. Hey, maybe we'll see. Uh, maybe maybe um, Gareth Bale will go golfing in Lake Elmo. Yeah, oh, right. Gary, where are you gonna go? Yeah, Lake Crystal Pepsi has a great 18 holes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Minnesota's in fifth with 44 points. We are playing Portland this weekend with 42 points. Um, Portland are terrible and yet somehow they're still in it because there are just so many terrible teams right now in the West. Um, and uh, let's take a break. We're coming back. We've got not many questions, so we're almost just, just hang with us people. on the 55.1 podcast. Let's do a few questions. Only Puns CEO says, Boxy's struggling as he did at the end of last season, perhaps worn out. Coleman is just not starting quality, even in the best of time. So given the center backs are total liability now, what would you do to mitigate this other than have Heath whisper to, to opposing strikers? Provide provide more help. You want to play right? a three-five-two, Mark? Yeah, I would actually, I would want to move Kamar Lawrence over to center back on the left side and then have Lawrence and Boxy and Coleman and then have 
Benitez on the right and the and uh, Taylor on the left, and they would be the ones going up and provide at least an additional like one person to cover that, uh, so that their center backs don't get quite as much pressure coming up when our full fullbacks go and forward. And then and then Reynoso, Lud, and someone else in the middle of the five, and then you put uh, Garcia and Amaria up top. Yeah, or you could put Bongi up on top with uh, Amaria as well. At this, at this point, I mean, I think that that sounds crazy, but I think at this point, sure, why not? F it. No, I, I, I think you just need to practice some defensive discipline, right? Like understand what your what your limitations are, right? You can't bomb every freaking time you get the ball and both fullbacks go up. But how, you got to make sure your six. Yeah. You got to make sure your six stays at home. We love that we're arguing over this thing. That's never going to happen. Um, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you know, we didn't actually. I just realized on the Minnesota United talk, we we did not talk about. Um, a very difficult topic to, that you need to talk about with your children. Bongi, I love Bongi, but the man has no like. Once he enters the final third, it's like they buried kryptonite under the. It's like he just falls apart. Like he gives the ball away. He can't finish, etc. Um, he's not making. He's not I, making the the it, pass early enough. Everything about him, he creates so much chaos, and he's such a big part of. He does a great defensive work. He does great work, like getting the ball forward on these counterattacks. Because now we are a counterattacking team. Um, I don't know. I feel like we need to. We he just needs to develop that in the off season. So um, needs to go to striker camp. Fargo Jeffrey says, "What Aurora merch is on deck? Um, someone's wearing some brand new Aurora merch there. What do you what do you got on there, Corey? Uh So I have the official league." Uh, old school vintage style baseball cap that uh, there is currently a raffle that I believe people are finding out today if they can buy it or not. Uh, but then it was also at the state fair, which has ended. Um, it's pretty rad. I'm breaking it in right now. It's great. Um, I didn't think it was going to be my vibe. The, the quarter, the quarter zip as well. It. And then I got the quarter zip with like the badge on this oh, thing. I didn't see that is, one. Like, it's Shiny. reflective. I like, haven't even seen it either. So it's it's like. Thank you. Make this is oh. perfect for um, yeah. podcast audio. It's shiny and it kind of a little puffy. Yeah. Also, yeah, it's, the, got, um, it's got a little. It's got a little bit of a, like an embossed puff paint kind of yeah. vibe. To It'll it, be up on the website uh, um, pretty soon. We were waiting till the end of the fair, and um, there's just a lot. How much were they? Also, I I did not buy the um, blue flannel with like the leather Aurora. Yeah. Um, thing, but man, am I buying that? Like that is it'll be, gorgeous. It'll be well, online. Both Isa and G were uh, bought the new hood, the blue hoodies. So mm-hmm. or the cruise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so those yeah. Are, those are, those they're all great. I'm just waiting for the track jacket, baby. But the main thing is, we are currently hiring a merch manager who's going to help source these things, and then uh, that will allow right. for us to have longer. Because right now we're doing like really short lead up time, so it's hard to get really great customized things. And so it'll allow us to develop, you know, longer lead time so we can have when we do a flannel, we would love to do it in our colors, but that takes like a year working with someone. So all those things, uh, as we kind of get more lead time and and more people working for the team, Andrew Nelson says, are there any, uh, whatever? No, we have, he asked about center backs. We can sign. We can't. Roster freeze. Eric Voorhees <laughs> says, are the loons out of vibes or was this just a no good, very bad week? Um, no, man. I told, you what, I told you what vibes ball is. We talked about how 
<clears throat> even at the best of vibes ball, we gave up two goals when we scored three. We are giving up a lot of goals. Our B, the, when you're playing with vibes ball, even with uh, Debasi, you're just like hoping it all shakes out. And, you know, sometimes it will, but it requires everyone to be going. And I don't see us having everyone, well, we won't have everyone available for Portland. And, you know, it's a quick turnaround to LAFC. So I don't see this week being much better. Um, but maybe we can, the vibes can always prove me wrong, man. Colin O'Donnell says that we're going to close out on this because this is a long one. Compare the loons defenders to grilled meats and please specify cuts of each animal and temperature. Jesus Christ. Temperature. Dude. Yeah, the temperature. We'll skip we'll There's only cut. one temperature in the oven. It's, it's 175. But this is, oh, we're talking, gr- or 375. We're talking grill. So um, I didn't know that grills have different temperatures, man. I'm not, I'm not a crazy man like you. We were talking about, let's see, we got brat, cheese brat, jalapeno brat, old school hot dog, foot, foot long hot dog, hamburger, chorizo, butter beefsteak, which is something that Rodrigo, I don't know what that is. Um, unseasoned chicken breasts. Who, we, we got a lot of things up here to be taken. Um, Potato salad. I'm going to say, I will say, I, well, the only time I've been to a, a philadelphia union game there was like a a hot dog that was like named after someone and i was like all right can i have the bill shankly hot dog and it's like a 10 inch and like the girth on it was like (laughs) was was, not safe for work and it was like how am I? So I took I took it. My brother and I were there, and we were standing in like the sons of bun section. And like, how do you moment. eat this and not have it look? I mean, yep. yeah, it was. Did it you was bite? Did you hold it long ways and then just bite right into the middle of it <laughs> to prevent all of that? <laughs> like I'm in Philly, insane. they do things weird here. That's just insane. that's right. All right, yeah, just eat it in half. So who, who wants to compare the defenders to the grilled meats? Uh, I um, think Corey goes first. I mean, Mar- I'm going to kick this over to Mark because Mark was just going ham on some of these. Like, <laughs> Are you the one writing this as I, we go here, Mark? I was the one that was typing yeah, some of go. these in, yes. Um, I don't know if you guys watch It's Always Sunny Philadelphia, but Colin Montgomery, he is definitely milk steak. <laughs> he is a fine milk steak. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what milk steak is, and I'm glad. So, um, Brent Coleman is definitely like, I mean, he it, it, it's the, as far as the animal goes, it's a mutton. It's mutton. It's it's. Mutton and uh, it's just a chop. I just, I chop. just yeah. think of Minecraft when people say mutton. Um, Michael Boxel is definitely lamb because of the whole like how there's like more sheep than humans in New Zealand. I'm not sure if Brent Coleman is going mutton chops, my friend. I, I feel like that's too exotic and foreign. I'm pretty sure it's. Just, I mean, it's just old goat. Yeah, <laughs> old goat from Greece or somewhere. <laughs> it's like it's like it's a, a flank, billy goat. It's like a flank steak. I'm familiar, it's guys, but it's it's way too fancy and exotic. I mean, uh, DJ, DJ Taylor is just you know a young little guy, so he's a he's veal, and based on his shooting from this weekend, is definitely a veal shank. Uh, hey, Mark's here, yeah. guys, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here all night. Um, yeah, that's all I got. If you guys want to fill in for Kamar and Benitez and ben, Maddie, Benitez, go, go. Benitez has to be chorizo. That's definitely what he has to be. Um, because. Yeah, Do, I, I don't. I well, I'm not. Maybe I'm not fully. This is like that Geico commercial. I'm not fully getting 
the metaphor here. Um, but is chorizo bad at defending? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Great. <laughs> and then that, that totally works. It, 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 it attacks her colon is what happens. Exactly. Um, no, I feel like, uh, one of these guys, uh, going back to Brent, I feel like, do you remember, like, I think it was like Scott Walker or whatever a couple of years ago had like, Hey, having a great, like, uh, all American, um, kebab, shish kebab. And it was like the most, it was like a carrot and like a piece of chicken. And like, it was just like, I feel like that is like, that's the Brent Coleman, uh, it, that, uh that's of an July. Yeah. Like that's okay. an unseasoned chicken breast. Yeah. There we go. No, there's so some salt we, on it. If we were to go by it, by the brats and the hot dog. So then I think Coleman would be the old school hot dog. Um, Benitez would be the cheese brat. Nabi Kibanguchi, the height alone makes him the foot long. Yeah. 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 And then Benitez becomes the, where is it? No, I already said, yeah, there's the cheese. Whoever has the cheese brat has to be Benitez because putting cheese in a, in a brat is just, I don't know. Feels like, like a, a frat thing to do. But. See, actually, no, the, a cheese brat is a very good analogy for Benitez because when done properly, like when he goes forward and does those amazing assists why Meg somebody is delicious, but done improperly. It's when the whole thing backfires and molten cheese shoots up your nose when you bite into it. And that's his mm-hmm. defending. So I would, I would say really that Boxer would be the jalapeno brought because he has a kick to it and he does. So, so I think that would, that would, that would fall. This is, that. this Again. feels like one of the off season theoretical chats that we have. <laughs> yeah, man. This is, this is one of the chats we have a slack that doesn't include West that we're all just like, Hmm. Yeah, this is definitely one I sit out usually. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm fully, fully engaged. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, I logged off about 30 minutes ago, and hope you did too. That's the end of the podcast. I'm going to be watching Portland in the back room of the Black Heart on Saturday. Come say hi and uh, and get. I was just drinking the uh, the Trail Magic Berry Basil THC drink, and uh, we Ooh. got them at the bar. Minneapolis Cider Company does it, but they don't put their name on it, which is very funny. Uh, wonder, we'll get you high, but we, you won't know it's us. I, I wonder if it's. I wonder if there's some sort of liability that they're trying to uh, avoid. Yeah. Avoid subsidiary. Uh, all right, my friends, it's great talking to you, and we'll hopefully see you soon. You're beautiful, you're sexy, and everyone loves you. Bye.